It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine, whatever it is that you are doing right now on this Thanksgiving weekend. It's amazing that you are including us, the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, in this whole thing. Whether you're cleaning up, whether you're heating up leftovers, or whether you're driving home, thank you very much. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I know I say it every day, but Honestly, I do want to thank you for making us, this show, part of your daily routine. It's very meaningful, and I very much appreciate it. I'm John Corrales, here by myself to walk you through a couple of things uh, from the, that, that you might have missed. It's kind of a weekend show, very much a weekend show, with the Celtics having a couple of games Friday night, You know, Orlando and in, in Indy. We'll talk about that in our, our show that we record Sunday night get back to a lot of the basketball stuff. I have some stray thoughts, and I have a couple of clips from things that you might have missed, uh, an appearance I did on 98.5 The Sports Hub and something I did from a podcast. So things that we haven't covered on this on this show, but I think that are interesting. Uh, Marcus Smart and why Marcus Smart is impactful and the team rebounding and, and different things that I see in the team rebounding. We'll get to all of that in a minute. And my stray thoughts from the streak ending, but I want to say thank you to our friends at greats.com. Greats is this awesome sneaker company, and they sent me a pair of Royal Blancos, those white sneakers that I have on my Instagram. If you've seen it, JK Reds Army on Instagram, I tweeted it out. They're 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 awesome sneaker site, and they it's I'm a sneaker guy. And yeah, I like my Nikes. I like my classic Nikes, the Jordans, the 11s, the Concords, and all of that stuff. But beyond that, there are great sneaker companies out there, but nothing quite like greats.com. They give you a lot of different styles, casual, sportsy, dressy, all, uh, all from Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn's first sneaker company, made in Italy, designed in Brooklyn. They are for men's and women's styles. And they make the best for less. And really, like I said, I'm a sneaker guy. I wouldn't wear these if I didn't believe in how awesome they looked and in the value that they provide. So just to let you guys know, I'm recording this after Thanksgiving. It's Friday. You're going shopping. It's Black Friday. You want something cool. You want something that people aren't going to have you're 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 going to give a gift that no one else is giving go to greats.com if you know that the person you're buying for is a sneaker lover greats.com with the promo code lo i mean sorry the promo code locked on locked on is the promo code 
You save 15% on your first purchase. Locked on. 15% on your first purchase when you go to greats.com. It's great for men. It's great for women. It's casual. It's dressy. It's everything you want it to be. You can wear it in the winter. You can wear it in the summer. There's something for everybody, every season, every look. So go to greats.com right now if you're, or well, not if you're driving. Don't go right now if you're driving. Just keep it in your head. But if you're sitting there, maybe at work, you have to work the day after Thanksgiving, do your, do your shopping. Knock off a couple of things. Get a good deal on some great sneakers. Go to greats.com and check it out. Your promo code is locked on, and you get 15% off your first purchase. So let's get started with some of the things. First, from the end of the streak. And a quote that I found interesting from Brad Stevens, very simple quote. When we're locked in and we're executing, we're pretty good. However, we go through too many lulls when we're not. Now, during the Dallas game, I thought, wow, this is a a game that Brad might want to lose so he can hammer this point home. And it might have been more effective if he had done it after losing to a three-win team rather than losing to Miami, which has a lot more talent and is more up-and-coming. But the point stands. And he can make this point now that the streak is over. When the Celtics are locked in and executing, man, they do look good. They do look good. They look great. The lulls are too long and too frequent which may be a function of the schedule, like I've been saying, playing a game, a night off, a game, a night off, a game, traveling, road trips. It's all tough. It's not an easy thing to do. But some of it might be the thought that, well, we come back from these deficits all the time. We beat the Warriors, for God's sake, after getting down big, We've come back from a big deficit without Kyrie. So we'll we'll just do it again. And you can't. You can't do that all the time. So there is, I think, after a 16-game winning streak, there is a tendency for for a team to be like, okay, we just got to do it again. We're going to flip the switch again. And it's not there. So I think that's a a great lesson for the Celtics to learn. And there's... In that one sentence, a very perfect Brad message. When you're doing the things that we want you to do, we'll we'll keep winning. When you don't, we won't. And it's that simple. You have to go out, and it's hard. It's very hard to do for an 82-game season. I know that you want to you want to say that these guys well, they get paid so much money and it's just the game and you go out there and you should just give it your all every day. I get it. You've paid a lot of money for your ticket, right? I get it. One of the things you might be shopping for is Celtics tickets. If you're a parent, a father, a mother out there thinking, I want to take my kids to a game, that's a lot of goddamn money. I get it. I very much feel your pain. And you're going to go out there and take a game in January and you're going to say, I'm taking my kid to this game or whatever, November. It could be that. You, you could be living in Miami and could have gone to that game. 
It's the one game you go to. And you say, I've laid out for decent seats, not even great seats, decent seats, 75 bucks. And if you take a family of four, well, $300 just for that. And you haven't bought a damn thing. And if you're taking kids, you know they're going to want a toy or a jersey or something and popcorn and all. You could lay out easily $500 on a game for a family. Okay? Family of four. It could be a parent and a kid, and you're still laying out $250, $300. That's not easy. And you don't want to hear, well, why are they bored? I go to one game a year. They shouldn't be bored for the one game. But you know what? We all got to get used to the idea that that happens. They're human beings. When you've won 16 games in a row, you fall into some habits. Or when it's January and you've already played 40 games and you're kind of done with some of the things that have been happening, you're just like, oh, God, this again? Like, that can, you can, you can bring that down to, some homeless person or a person who's making minimum wage and you're making six figures and that person who's making minimum wage saying, well, why are you so pissed off about your job? You get to get dressed up and drive a halfway decent car to go to your job and sit in front of a computer. I get 10 bucks an hour or 12 or 15, whatever it is a fraction of what maybe some of the people who are listening are making. And I got to sit there over a deep fryer and pull fries out of grease and get that stuff all over my hands. Or like that person can easily turn around and use that same example back on you. And like, why are you so blah? Why are you so pissed off? You know, you're a middle manager. You make six figures. You get to go in. You don't do any heavy lifting. You're not mopping things up. You're not cleaning any bathrooms. But human nature is what it is. And we got to understand that. And when Brad Stevens is trying to motivate these guys, he's trying to break habits that are natural. So as long as we understand where these guys are, like just people fall into habits. And especially when in the NBA you play a game and you travel and you play a game, you start to forget some of the nuance, some of the little things that make your team do the great things that you have been doing. So that one sentence I think is very powerful. When we're locked in and we're executing, we're pretty good. When we go through too many lulls, we're not. It's a simple message to the team. So with that, I want to go to a an appearance that I did on 98.5 The Sports Hub with Adam Jones. This was before the Miami game. And we talked a little bit about some of those bad habits and whether they're bad habits or whether they're habits that haven't developed yet. And this whole Marcus Smart question. So here's me with Adam Jones before the Miami game. And I think there's some uh, a couple of interesting points here with all of the stuff that I'm talking about. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in via the AT&T expert hotline, John Corrales of Red's Army. Uh, John, let's start off with my opening take tonight, which makes me a bad person. I understand. It makes me the bad guy. Celtics have won 16 in a row, and I'm starting to wonder, with four double-digit deficits in the last five games, one against good competition, Golden State, the others not so much, three straight, double-digit deficits in this winning streak. Are the Celtics starting to develop some bad habits? Well, I don't think the Celtics have developed the good habits yet. It's not that they had good habits and they're starting to develop the bad ones. It's that they haven't honed the good talents yet. Their offense has been not great since the beginning of the season, and they go long stretches without being very good, especially when the bench comes in and Marcus Smart struggling more than usual, Terry Rozier's shot kind of left him for a little bit. Guys on the bench not picking up a lot of that scoring slack. You also integrate Marcus Morris after missing half of the season so far and then coming in and just kind of doing what he does, which is shoot a lot and not pass. There's a whole integration process. And, you know, Kyrie missed the game with a broken face, and Al Horford missed the game with a concussion. So continuity has been a problem. So I wouldn't necessarily say bad habits. We're seeing the same thing, though. They're not doing good things, and Obviously, this is like the understatement of the year. You can't start getting down by 13, 14, 15 points every game and expect to keep winning. Yeah, and last night to me, like, and you just explained a few of the things that that I'd agree with. You know, the Charlotte game, if you want to get into the, the specifics. Okay, well, Charlotte, they're down double digits. They're down 18, I think, in that game. But they had Kyrie for two minutes before he got knocked out of a game. Golden State's Golden State. Who's going to complain about being down double digits to them? They, they had won nine in a row going into that game, all of them by double digits. So that's going to happen. You can explain that one away. I even think Atlanta, they had a bad half, and then they wound up running away from the Hawks. Last night for me, personally, John, was harder to explain away. That's a game they probably deserve to lose. Oh, They probably deserve to lose, you know, maybe half the games on this streak. That's the, the beauty of this streak is that they keep pulling them out. Yeah, last night was not great, and you start to look at the schedule, and that's a letdown game. It's an 82-game season. You can't expect these guys to come out and bring their A game every night. 
there, there are going to be stretches as frustrating as it is. I know people say, well, they make so much money. You got to expect them to play hard every night. But look, it's, they're playing every other night. They're not getting any practice time. You have slippage when that happens. You're going, they're just going on a road trip. There's travel. They're not going to go out there and run these guys after they've traveled. The, the NBA is really focused a lot on resting players. And because of that game in London in January, their schedule is very front-loaded. So every other night, plus some back-to-backs, they're, they're playing a lot of games with a lot of new players and a lot of young guys. So these things are going to take a while to get fixed, maybe longer than usual. It's just a thing that we're going to have to work through as a team. They're going to have to go out there and, for lack of a better term, figure it out because there's not a lot of practice time to work on those nuances. They're just going to have to rely on some talent and, and figuring it out mostly on the defensive end, getting stopped and getting out in transition. John Corrales, Reds Army, joining us here on 98.5 The Sports Sub. Uh, John, forgive my ignorance here. I, I think I have a guess, <laughs> but are you Team Marcus or are you not Team Marcus? I, I am Team Marcus with the caveat that obviously you need to make shots. The game is designed for the ball to go through the hoop. You need to put the ball in the basket. But in, in missing threes and shooting as poorly as Marcus is, it's an easy thing to pick on because it's the most obvious thing that you see, especially from three. That ball's in the air forever. It clangs. It's got a big, long rebound. It, it's the most obvious, horrible thing to see, and he doesn't always take the greatest shots. However, the other things that he does on the floor, the, the cliche is impacts winning. The totally impacts winning. He does a lot of things. The hustle plays last night to save the ball from going out of bounds, get it somehow to Kyrie Irving for three. Those types of plays he does more often than not. And there's a, a great example of Marcus Smart back from the Toronto game when DeMar DeRozan's trying to drive on Jalen Brown. And Marcus Smart is on the bench yelling, stay down, stay down, stay down. Now, Jalen Brown went for the upfake, but you can hear – Smart coaching the team, coaching his young player from the bench. And Brad Stevens says, no one knows more about what we're supposed to do on both ends of the floor than Marcus Smart. So he definitely, obviously needs to shoot better. That is without question. But the things that he does on the floor, the other things are super, super important and very vital to this team winning. So why haven't they signed him yet? Because that's part of the nuance of being a GM. You don't just go out and give him an extension. You want to see what the market's going to bear. So you let he's a restricted free agent. Correct. So when he's a restricted free agent, you have the ability to match an offer. So if that, you, that that usually, I mean, you would acknowledge that usually doesn't go well for the team matching. Why not? Well, I mean, because the other team is leveraging you. I mean, you're not the one calling the shots. They're they're. Yeah, they're you, they're you telling have, you what the market is for your player, and you have to match. You may have to go out of your comfort zone. And in a lot of cases, well, that, teams do. Then, then Danny Ainge has the option of not matching, but he does have the luxury of, hey, look, if somebody wants to go out there and structure a weird contract like uh, teams have done in the past, you know, Daryl Morey in Houston is very notorious for you know working these weird contracts that hit the other team hard in the cap. That could happen. It's a risky run. There's nothing risk-free here. But as a restricted free agent with Marcus Smart's ability, and look, he's a point guard, or you can say whatever you want to classify him as, but the league is flush with point guards. 
there's not going to be a huge, huge market for him out there. So Ainge is taking a calculated risk. All it takes is one team to make him a big offer, yes, but Ainge is taking a calculated risk. He knows what he wants to pay for Marcus Smart. He's got a range, and you just play the game. You see if you can get him a low-ball offer, and by the deadline he doesn't accept it. You let him go into restricted free agency, and you know this is the business side of the NBA. You kind of let him twist in the wind, and if the offers aren't coming, and if other teams aren't making the offers, then you can get him for less than his value. And when you're building a team in the NBA or anywhere with a salary cap, to get a guy that's really good and important at less than his value is huge because that has luxury tax uh, implications. That could mean being able to keep another guy down the road versus not keeping him down the road because that's one year less that the Celtics are under the luxury tax. It's a big, complicated financial game. Not that they don't want to keep Marcus Smart, but this is the business side. This is unfortunately how it's done. John, before we let you go, I've been instructed by uh, one listener. Uh, are you? <laughs> I know what this is. Are you team? Were you team Isaiah at one point over Kyrie? Look, last season Isaiah Thomas had as good a season as Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving in the past has played a brand of basketball that I'm not a huge fan of. But what he's done this season is different. He's playing the game a lot differently this season. And, play, and very pleasantly surprised. So, yeah, at the time of the trade, I was thinking, no, I didn't want Kyrie Irving because Isaiah Thomas's production was, I've seen it, I saw it firsthand, and I said, he's basically the same as Kyrie Irving. Why give up all of these other things to get something that we already have? But I will admit that I'm wrong in saying, and Kyrie was what he was, but now he's expanded his game. He's playing much differently much uh, less selfishly. He's playing within the flow of the offense. He's opening himself up to new things. So, yeah, he's he's much better already than I thought he was going to be. I can admit that. See, there are jackals out there. There are jackals out there, John, in the, man, in the, in the Twitter sphere. In this world, man, you, there's everybody out there waiting to pounce on the take that you've made somewhere <laughs> in the past. But everybody's been wrong. There's not a single person who's been right about well, everything. Well, so. I wouldn't say everyone. I, I feel I'm still waiting for my first incorrect prediction. So I, out, out, outside <laughs> of me, John, I'd say honest, everyone. You're clearly yeah. making mistakes. <laughs> All right, he is John Corrales, Reds Army. You can check him out there. You can also follow him on Twitter, at Reds Army underscore John. John, as always, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, you got it. With regards to Marcus Smart, I, I think, obviously, he, he does impact winning. That's the cliche with Marcus Smart. However, I will say that he and Terry Rozier together, I, I, I'm starting to question whether those two guys work with one another. And I'm going to refer to a thing that Brian Robb did on, on Boston Sports Journal, which is a subscription service. If you have the ability to subscribe and support some good stuff. Boston Sports Journal is it, there's there's a, a big push for subscriptions now, and it, it's a way to get people paid for the work that they do. It, it, this is a total aside, but in this gig economy, there's a lot of people who don't get paid for good work, and it's a, it, we're trying to get supported by advertisers. This podcast is a decent example of that. We we don't charge. And we're hoping that the advertising will support the things that we do. But people want to get paid for their work. And Brian Robb is doing good work at Boston Sports Journal. So 
if if you can, if you have the ability to subscribe, it's not very expensive, but I know not everybody has that ability or desire. I would encourage it because Brian Robb is doing some great work on Boston Sports Journal, and they are doing good work in general. And I, I believe in the model of subscribing to good work, good media, good journalism. So if if you want it, if you want to try it out, I would suggest paying them at least for a month and checking it out because our friends at Boston Sports Journal and Brian Robb in particular are doing good things. And I'll just read directly from uh, Rob's piece after the loss. He speaks about the – he writes about the Smart and Rozier. Uh, he, says he says they need to be reeled in and says, I would hope he Brad Stevens making the point of critiquing their, their shot selection – both guys took at least three bad shots in a six-minute sequence during the second quarter between contested three long twos and early in the shot clock and out-of-control drives. Now, that, I think, is a very, very key point because Smart and Rozier can be very impactful, can be very key to the Celtics winning games, and they have both made big contributions to the Celtics in that streak. However, shot selection is imperative and you don't want to cut a guy's balls off, but you also got to look at him and say, you need to be somewhat selective. You can't just jack up every shot that presents itself. You have to understand what's going on on the floor, why that shot is available, especially for smart. Like Jay King was joking a couple of shows ago Guys in Dallas, as he, I'll quote it, you can go listen to the show. He said they're basically laying down ten feet away from Marcus Smart, daring him to shoot. At some point, you have to say they're they. This is what they're. Yeah, I'm. I'm the defense is giving me this. There, there's a reason why they're giving you this. You have to play smarter. You got to do better things. And I know that confidence is there, but Jesus, just take a breath and run the offense. And this is where maybe in that a radio appearance, I could have made a better point about smart is making some bad decisions and doing it, falling back into some bad habits. He's taking shots because his confidence is just generally through the roof and he expects to make that next shot. But, there has to be some middle ground. There has to be a place where Smart and Rozier have to find a, a better rhythm, tempo, whatever it is that gets them into better shots at better times in the clock. And this is where the discussion that we had, that Jay and I had, about Marcus Morris, he's, he's dealing with knee soreness. There's an opportunity to move him to the bench. And... I think if you have Smart in the starting lineup, I'm starting to really think that you start Marcus Smart, Morris comes off the bench, it's a better way to manage his minutes, it's a better way to deal with that knee soreness, and you don't have Rozier and Smart on the floor. Rozier can come in with other guys, and maybe Rozier, without Smart on the floor, can be more effective. And you don't have two guys out there who are taking these crazy shots I, I I do see in this team, even though they're 16 and three now, 
need for improvement. They have to improve a lot of things. And, and this is one area where those two guys, I, I still I still think there's there's tweaking. Smart, Rozier, and then you throw Marcus Morris into that mix. There's a, there's a way to use those three guys that isn't being done right now. One other thing I want to share with you, I was on the Baseline podcast uh, with Warren and Cal. Follow them at GameFaceLee, at Shaw Sports NBA, and at NBA Baseline. So Cal is at GameFaceLee. Warren is at Shaw Sports NBA and at NBA Baseline is the podcast. I was on a show with them and the link is up on the NBA Baseline Twitter. All of the both all both those guys and the Baseline Twitter have tweeted this out. But I joined them earlier in the week and one of the questions I got was about the team rebounding. So, I had a couple of thoughts on that, a little something different. We we've talked about the rebounding but I haven't really talked much about some of the things that I think go into what has made the uh, Boston Celtics a successful rebounding team. So here's here are my thoughts on that. So my final question, really, you know, regarding this team is is, is something that's been, uh, you know, an Achilles heel for this roster for for seems years, especially in the Brad Stevens era, if you will. They're still not a good shot blocking team, but they've traditionally been tr- atrocious rebounding the basketball. This year, they're one of the top rebound. I think the top rebounding team in the NBA, and they don't really seem to have a whole lot of size to, to kind of get that done. Can you explain to us a little bit how they're rebounding the basketball at, at such a such an efficient rate? And and then another thing too is uh, I know they have that disabled players exception. Do you expect them to use that maybe on a big or something like that to continue to maybe get some rim protection as well? Um, well, let's start with the disabled player thing. I don't think they're going to use it. I, I don't. I don't even know if they're going to use it at all this season. They. At this point, I don't know. Unless they think at some point in the spring that they really have a legitimate shot at going to the finals, and and at that point, then yeah, they might try to add some help. Uh, I don't think that a big is necessarily going to be the, the help that they're looking for. I would rather see shooting off the bench. Because they they still need some floor spacing off the bench, so I don't think it's a big at all that they would need. But at, I would I would keep playing the guys that they have more Shemi Ojale, you know, more Daniel Tice. Get those guys some minutes if they really want to try to develop those guys. I and mean, those guys were pretty good. Ojale was a pretty good pick in the second round. Tice coming over from Europe is a nice addition. So give them give them some more minutes uh, rather than bring somebody else in. Again, unless they think they're going to go to the finals and this is a, a chance to strike and then they can bring in whomever ends up getting bought out to boost their bench a little bit. But, uh, to the rebounding. A couple things with the rebounding. First of all, they're bigger across the perimeter. So instead of Avery Bradley, who's 6'2", and Isaiah Thomas, who's you know obviously 5'8", they they're now throwing Kyrie Irving who's 63 and Jalen Brown who's 67 and Jason Tatum who's 67 or 68 and those those guys end up rebounding better than the the guys that they had last year i mean Brown's getting six and a half rebounds a game Tatum's getting five and a half rebounds a game you're getting rebounds across the board from guys positions that they didn't get the rebounds from last year those guys are also able, because they're long and athletic, they're able to keep rebounds alive. So 
guys that uh, like like the smaller guys they had last year, maybe the less athletic guys they had last year, weren't able to tip rebounds. These guys are getting their hands on balls and tipping them up, and the rebounds end up going to Horford or Baines. But those guys are keeping plays alive. And finally, with the rebounding, that's different this year than last year. It starts with defense. That defense last year wasn't very good. And they were allowing a lot of people to get deep into the paint. And even if that was a drive and kick, there was a guy in the paint and there was a guy, the, the team was in rotation. And when your team is in rotation, you're not sitting around trying to box anybody out. You're, you're, you're kind of confused. You're scrambling. That allows for guys to swoop in. So you got smaller perimeter guys in rotation. That, that just is a recipe for disaster. This team, because they switch so often, they keep guys out on the perimeter. They're not allowing as many drives. They're forcing more jump shots. And when teams have all of their offensive players outside of the paint, those guys aren't trying to all crash the, the boards. So the Celtics are getting a lot of rebounds. A lot of those rebounds are just uncontested because the other team has, hasn't been able to penetrate They've been probing but haven't been able to get anything. Everybody's 10, 15 feet away from the basket. That jump shot goes up. They just turn and go back and say, screw it. Let's go play defense. So it's a combination of things. It's not just size and a big guy who can go up and grab rebounds. The defensive scheme, the taller guys, the ability, the, the, the work ethic, all of that stuff all comes into play, and it all results in better rebounding. Again, that's the Baseline Podcast with Cal and Warren at Gameface Lee at Shaw Sports NBA and at NBA Baseline. I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope this weekend show was somewhat enjoyable. It, it, like I said, a couple of random thoughts there about the the end of the streak, a couple of things that I've done that maybe you've missed, and I hope those were enjoyable. Go check out that Baseline Podcast, and yeah. Thanks for listening. I, I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we're going to be back with multiple hosts. I know I've been doing it solo for a while, but we'll be back uh, for a week long. Just me, Jay, Sam. Uh, so if you are not a subscriber, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are a subscriber, rate us five stars and share the show. Tell everybody that you like the show. Tell your friends. Share it, tweet it, put it on Facebook, Instagram, whatever whatever other social media things that I'm too old to understand, whatever it is. Uh, I do want to say, again, I said it at the top of the show, and, but I'm recording this on Thanksgiving night, and I just want to take a moment to really honestly thank you, wherever you are, because I know people from around the world are listening to this podcast, from Australia you go East, United States, South America, Europe, Africa, all the way back to Australia again, Asia. We are everywhere. I've seen the statistics. I see where people are listening from. I'm floored constantly. The fact that people want to listen to this show is amazing. And I really honestly, on behalf of Jay and Sam, want to thank Everybody, all of you, wherever you listen, some of you listen in the shower, some of you listen in the car, some of you listen at the gym or at the office, or wherever it is, 
It's really, honestly, amazing to me, and I truly, truly thank you because I and Jay and Sam were all the same. I am going to be talking basketball forever, wherever it is that I am. I'm going to be 80 years old, riding the red line from Arlington down to Braintree and back, and I'll just be talking to people wherever it is who get on and be like, hey, did you see that out-of-bounds play? Yeah, classic screen-the-screener stuff, right? And then getting maced because people misunderstood when I talk about cutting back door. Whatever. That's going to be me at 80 years old. If you don't, if I don't have a podcast, I'll be on the train. I'll be somewhere outside shaking a cup, asking for change, talking about out-of-bounds plays. But you guys decided that you want to listen, and I'm very, very honestly, genuinely thankful for the fact that you do. So I hope you enjoyed this little show that I've cobbled together and we will be back for another full week of shows because we're here for you Monday through Friday. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.